What's up, nerds? And welcome everybody again to the Nerds Who Lift podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas, and today we have an awesome guest lined up for you, Mr. Worldbreaker Savage on the Instas, Rob Hall. Rob was actually the first guest I reached out to when I made the show, trying to get you know somebody on before I had even recorded a first episode, but just had the concept. And Rob was the epitome of somebody that I wanted to talk to. He is a gigantic nerd, uh, loves anime, uh, and is just hilarious. If you ever follow on his Instas, but he also is, as his Insta handle, Lens World Breaker Savage, he is a monster. And so I thought he would be an awesome person to talk about how he got into lifting, how his nerdisms you know, feed over into his training and how he approaches training, why he trains, and his the rest of his origin story as well as his athletic career. Um, he also has a really inspiring story coming back from some gnarly injuries. And I know that he's been gearing up and getting strong and uh, looking to get right back into the game. I've been following him and he's great. So I'm really excited to have him on. Before we go any further, I want to give a shout out to Viking Performance Chalk. The stickiest stuff for lifting heavy shit. You guys are awesome. Caliber Illustrations, as always. Dopest logos. And the Johnny Horror Show. Because we family and that's what family does. So, without further ado, let's get right into it with World Breaker Savage, Mr. Rob Hall. Hello, hello. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good, sir. Doing well. Nice, nice. How's your morning going? Uh, so far, so good. Play on the kid. Uh, get him fed. Very nice. Yeah, sorry about that scheduling mix-up today, man. No, no, you're fine. Dude. We're good. We're uh, perfectly fine. Awesome. All right, man. Well, for the people who don't know, uh, yeah, let them know a little bit about you and kind of how you got started lifting. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, I started lifting in 2000. Uh, 15 pounding wise at least uh, my first meet was uh, in March uh, a friend kind of taught me into doing it after I had told her uh, I didn't want to didn't, wasn't interested in it and I wanted to be a bodybuilder uh, I gave it a try liked it and decided to do another meet four weeks after that and kept rolling into meets uh, throughout the next eight months and then uh, it's, I haven't stopped since so uh, I've been lifting weights since I was a freshman in high school, uh, but I've been powerlifting since 2015. Nice. And then I know you've been coming back uh, from an injury, which was your was it was it your back or was it your knee? Uh, so uh, 2018 started off uh, pretty rough. I went to the cage. Uh, I left there with rhabdo, which was in my lower back. Uh, that put me in the hospital for five days. I was uh, pretty much trying to recover for about two and a half months after that. And then I ruptured my patella tendon uh, August 1st, right when I was feeling back to normal and I was getting ready for another meet. Jeez. Ouch. Oh, just now? Yeah, just now. 
Oh, I don't play anything. I don't play anything now. Huh? I thought I, I thought I heard it like an anime opening like came up. I thought I was like, oh, I think I knew that. <laughs> 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 you just can't see. Yeah, I don't play anything. I was watching Bleach last night. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah, I got started into that. I've been <clears throat> trying to get get some more into that. Who Bleach? Uh, I don't know why I never watched that to begin with. Uh, I watched quite a bit of stuff, but there's so many. Anime there, just, it's hard to keep up. Dude, I, I, on Sunday I went to the Anime Expo in LA, and it was insane. Like it, I, it was better than I thought. It was so cool, and there was just so much going on. The uh, the only one I went to anime wise uh, was Kamehameha Con. I've been there uh, both years that has happened here in, in Texas. Uh, been to a few comic conventions as well. Uh, I used to collect comics uh, before I got into piloting, but I can only do one hobby at a time. That's super expensive, so crafting uh, so it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same with me. My my collection, I still try to collect, but it's just kind of the same thing where I don't get into the shop as much, or you know, you know, you can't. It's the same thing. It's, it's money, but the my anime game is still pretty strong. So, yeah. Uh, so, what are you watching now? Uh, man, so, uh, Attack on Titan. Uh, just finished that up. Uh, Demon Slayer, Rise of the Shield Hero. Uh, those are the ones that have been, uh, been keeping up with since they're uh, fairly new and still coming out. Well, we're still coming out with uh, new episodes. Uh, there's quite a bit of uh, stuff going on here. Uh, I was watching One Punch Man, but this second season, I don't like it. Uh, the animation just absent. It's weird. They characters look super funny. They look dull in color. They don't like, they're not showing any action. They just kind of like show the start. And then all of a sudden it's over and it's at the end. So it's, it's been highly annoying me because now I can't stop seeing it. And every time they go into a fight, there's no actual fight. It's just like they start and then it's over. Uh, so it's been annoying me. So I haven't been watching that uh, as much. Yeah, uh, I, I never I never really got into One Punch Man. I liked literally the first couple episodes. And then after that, it was kind of like, eh, not so much. But Demon Slayer, that is my shit right now. Yeah, uh, yes, One Punch Man season one is pretty good. Uh, that, the whole thing when you get to the end of it, uh, when you get like his character development, it's it's legit by the time you get to the end of there. Uh, so I was super hopeful for the second season, but uh, it's just they changed anime houses and like the way the style they do it, it's just the characters look way different, the colors are different, and there's like the no, there's like no action. Yeah. But Demon Slayer is everything I was hoping season two was supposed to be in regards to action. Like, uh, it's been really good uh, watching that develop. Yeah, I, I love the animation and the colors. I love the colors on that. The kind of the, the way that they brought those out was really dope. And then the story has been really good too. And I've kind of you know they've really done well to get you invested in all those characters. And so that's been yeah that's been my shit lately. I've been enjoying it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another good one that I liked was uh, Overlord. Overlord was really good. I heard that was uh, good, and I haven't seen it yet. 
I had three seasons of it. I binge watched, been watched it, and uh, it's pretty good. The guy, this kid, gets stuck inside of a video game that he plays. It's basically like he's, he's mastered more or less, and then like has to start figuring out how to play the game as an actual character, and then actually act like the character he has. Uh, so it's pretty cool because like everybody's supposed to be like a, a non-playable character, like in the game, uh, interacting with them, but the, like. All the stuff is actually like real, like it's just real for him and stuff. He's like a total badass, but in real life he's like really not. <laughs> <laughs> so he has like these inner inner monologues to himself. Like, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's, it's good. It's funny. It's good. Oh, dude, that's like, aw- that's awesome. And that was kind of one of the the reasons that I I reached out to you was, uh, you know, I started this show because I'm a, I'm a huge nerd, and that's honestly kind of what got me into lifting. Uh, originally was, you know. Well, well, you see all your favorite shows, and eventually, if you're a nerd, like that's your favorite thing is like the training montage of, you know, all your characters, and eventually you want to get into that. And and so when I started doing this show, I wanted to kind of make a resource. You were the first person that kind of fit, you know, someone who has a healthy nerd <laughs> nerd level and is also you know uh, you know a monster at what he does. And, and so I appreciate you, you know, coming on. And uh, you were actually the first person I reached out to even before I like, recorded an episode. When I reached out to you, that was before, just after like I had the idea. And I was like, well, if Rob Hall like agrees to do it, then I'll just I'll, I'll see it through. <laughs> so <laughs> I do appreciate it, man. It's, uh, it's it's definitely interesting because most people don't think I'm into uh, stuff like nerdy stuff like that, but. Uh, that's been something I've been into all my life. It just, I just have to evolve around with me because of sports and stuff like that. And, uh, especially now, probably like I have a, uh, I guess a platform uh, that people, you know, kind of, kind of stick with me throughout uh, my training and stuff like that. But I don't just post my training. I post all my, all my stuff that I'm into. And uh, I, I'm not, I'm not a great artist, but I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Uh, so I, I do a lot of drones. I've been uh, over the past couple of years now. I've been sharing a lot of that, and people are interested in it. And uh, yeah, I, rolling with it. I, I, I like your I like your drawings. I always like to see what you do. I've I've also been following it, and I think what it what it, the you know what's cool about it and what you do, which kind of again, it was one of the premises that I wanted in like doing like this little show was I wanted to kind of show people who maybe you know don't go to the gym. You know, the people that are high level like the same shit you do, you know, like, you know, Rob Hall also watches, you know, Demon Slayer and you can live, you know, just trying to try to make that connection with someone who maybe who doesn't do it yet to get them into it because now they, you know, they don't feel like it's such a foreign world to them and uh, and just kind of, you know, make those connections and hopefully get more people into it. Yeah, because uh uh, a lot of the time, like I got, a, I got a pretty broad uh, variety of people that uh, follow me that I talk to, and uh, I try to respond to uh, as many people as I can that they reach out to me and stuff like that. Because uh, you got most of the guys that are in uh, in my bracket of, of strength that uh, aren't so nice, or they're not into stuff. And, you know, lifting is pretty much all they do, and. Uh, I share about like you know I'm into comics and I watch anime and stuff and uh, people might reach out to me. It's like an icebreaker because like oh because like oh this guy is into that stuff too, but he's also really strong. So uh, let me see if I can you know ask him a question here about this and like it gets a conversation going and then uh, people realize that, you know I'm not I'm not some stuck up guy. 
Uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, pretty nice to talk to. Uh, I, I feel like it's, it's pretty cool. I've, I've been enjoying uh, having these conversations with people and stuff like that. Uh, getting to share people's opinions or people ask me their opinions on what I think about certain stuff. So I think it's, I think it's pretty cool when it comes to, to anime and comics and cartoons and stuff. Yeah, but you know, and it's just that's just something that we, I mean, as a you know, as a kid that you relate to, and then as you get you grow up, it's still something you have an affection for. And for me, like it's. It really is like that's where I draw a lot of my inspiration or, you know, it's like before I go to the gym, if I'm having a hard day, like you put on a couple anime episodes and usually by the end of that, you know, one or two episodes, you're like, OK, I'll go get some work done. <laughs> you know, at least, you know, if you grew up with that or same thing with the comics and and it is true, I think you very, you definitely have a much more approachable um, air about you compared to a lot of some of the other, you know, bigger heavyweights. <laughs> so, yeah, cause you, you expect that uh, uh, when you think of somebody who like lifts weights and like is an anime, it's usually a smaller guy, uh, you know, like a dirty smaller dude, but he was kind of fit. Uh, but uh, over the past, uh, seems like a couple years uh, now that uh, past few years, it seems like that uh, it's kind of brought out a uh, more spectrum of. of, of dudes that you wouldn't expect to be into comics and, and to anime and stuff like that. Uh, being able to be open about it and stuff like that without feeling like you know, being ridiculed over it. I just never really cared what anybody ever thought about me and stuff like that, but I enjoy seeing, uh, uh, or maybe I never even noticed before, but at least now it seems like there's a quite a bit more people that are uh, not only strong but big uh, that are just like small and nerdy that are into comics that also lift weights. So it's, it's been, it's been pretty cool, uh, to kind of see the growth in that. Cause, uh, it's been, it's been kind of like spreading out in between like bodybuilding expos and stuff like that. People, uh, coming to, uh, uh expos and stuff dressed up in, in cosplays and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's been pretty cool to try to kind of bridge that gap, uh, between the two. Yeah. And, and they're both subcultures really like, and that's kind of the other thing is they both have in common is they're both subcultures for people who don't usually fit in, you know, in, in other, in other circles. So it's like, you know, it's like the, you know, the, the, the more, the more misfits on both on, in, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got the dudes that are like, uh, not going to be into the stuff, but, uh, uh, I want to seem super hardcore and stuff like that, but you know, you know, times change. You know, things are different. You know, I got, I got, I got a kid. He watches cartoons all the time. I've been, I've been watching uh, cartoons and anime, animation, movies and stuff for for years. And I, I got a kid. He he loves watching. He likes watching animes and cartoons. So here I am watching cartoons still. It's not like, like anything's changed for me. Yeah, right. And now you just get to you just get to share it with the kid. I mean, that's one thing I, I look forward to. And I, whenever I have kids, is I'm gonna show them everything that I ever watched, and then some. And I'll just get to relive all of it, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> so it makes yeah, it easy. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that uh, I get to share. Some of the stuff that uh, my my kids not into is just it's just more intricate things, you know. But uh, good shows, good animation. He's gonna sit and watch it for a little while. You know, he's always distracted with something, running around doing his thing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, as as kids are, as kids are. But um, yeah. So I, I did want to ask. I saw that you had um. Uh, or or you and CC are kind of getting together to put on a meet at the Big Tech's gym, correct? 
Yeah, so uh, it's the Wild Ball Classic. Uh, so second year I'm having it. I had it last year. Uh, it wasn't super huge, uh, but it was a cool little deal that we had uh, there in Austin, Texas. Uh, this year, uh, since uh, I was looking for a, uh, a different take on it here, we decided to go with WRPF. And Cece is the uh, meat director here in the area. Uh, besides Dan Green, uh, but she's also moving to California now, I believe. Uh, she was a little closer to Texas, so uh, reached out to her to see if she uh, was interested in doing being the lead director for it. And uh, this is something we've been working, uh, and I and Big Tex and uh, Justin Doves have been working on since uh, last year, getting it together. And over the past few months, since. Uh, since March, kind of brainstorming, getting stuff uh, in order, and now we're able to. You know, we got the approval uh, for 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 WRPF, and uh, I've finally been able to announce it, put the registration link up for it. But the main goal that uh, I was trying to portray with the meet is uh, being able to give back to lifters. So uh, one of those things here, when you make it up to a certain level. Uh, I was trying to give back to the community, so this is uh, my part in trying to do that. And basically, all the money we get from uh, the meat here, uh, we're basically distributing back out to the lifters. I also got uh, Animal, who was one of my sponsors involved, uh, trying to get it to be like a boss of bosses meet here in Texas. Because uh, we don't have one like that, and everybody, uh, some people just can't make it out to California. It's an expensive trip. Yeah, uh, I've already done, I've done it once. I'm about to do it here again. So having something like that, have that caliber, uh, is something I would I would dream of having here. Uh, so I want to. I I really love the environment of Boston Bosses and Dan Green uh, and Spark on how they run stuff. So I want to have that over here and let people enjoy that that kind of atmosphere because I think it's it's super crucial and. Uh, very intricate way uh, to provide growth for the sport, be able to provide it in different areas for something like that caliber. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think people always talk about how Boss of a Boss is, is, you know, has that air about it and that people just love to even just to go watch and it's just kind of the best, one of the best versions of the sport, really. Yeah, definitely. Having, uh, you know, your big name people there as well. Uh, so mine's not going to be like a specific invite only. Still, there are some people that I've sent out invites to, uh, nothing formal, uh, like certificates or anything like you've been invited to, blah, blah, blah. But uh, just reach out to people. Uh, so the uh, the deal for my meet is it's, it's in a monolift. Uh, the main division is, is raw with wraps. Uh, so that's already going to bring up a, a broad amount of people. But the kicker is here, you can walk out to squats if you want to. You don't have to use the monolith. You can also wear sleeves if you want to. Uh, and that's that's all fine. Again, it's just going to be listed under one division. Uh, basically, everything's streamlined. But I'm also doing a cash prize uh, for the biggest total uh, instead of being having the biggest Wilkes. So uh, trying to get some more interesting people out there uh, having the biggest total. Is going to award you some some cash, and then there's also going to be some other prizes going out here. We're trying to get some stuff together, but there's also going to be uh, there's eight categories. You know, four for men, four for women, uh, for light, lightweight, uh, light middleweight, middleweight, and heavyweight. Uh, it's going to be divided in those categories, and then the biggest total out of those is going to win. But 
also the biggest overall total is going to get the bigger cash prize. So uh, getting everything all ironed out for the cash prize bracket, but that's pretty much the gist of it here. And I'm pretty excited because it's not like uh, in any other meets that are going by Wilkes with people who try to like shortcut things instead of putting on for a bigger total because that's the part that actually matters. They shortchange it and go for the higher Wilkes, which I don't ever, I never understood. So bigger total wins, and that's the name of the game. No, that's I, what we're going to be rewarding. Yeah, no, that's exciting though, and I, I like that you, I like the, the way like you have it in this like almost like boxing, so like where it's like lightweight, light middle, middle, and heavyweight, and and then just allow them to duke it out and kind of go head to head. I think that's kind of always the main criticism for like the sport is that it's like it's not very interesting sometimes in terms of unless you are invested in it. But when you have a way that people can just really go head to head and you really have an incentive for them to go balls out, then, you know, that's a much different thing. Um, and I can imagine, especially, I mean, Texas is known for the powerlifters, I, I feel, or is known to have a lot of heavy hitters. So I bet it'd be a good crowd. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Cause like, uh, I've got some uh, people that I want to come out from, from quite a bit of ways that have, uh, have seemed like they uh, were interested in it. And I would love to see those, those kind of people out there. Uh, it's not like a super big meet here just yet, but the idea is to keep it growing to keep it going and, you know, uh, make it into a, a bigger deal, uh, for people to have here, uh, you know, on the East coast. Cause, uh, everything's usually happening in California. Uh, they don't know they got the tribute here coming up uh, as well. Uh, but that's, again, there's also qualifying totals here for that, too. Uh, I'm not sure the, the growth here for my meet if it's going to go to invite only or whatnot. But I like having it open and being able to have a variety of people because I feel like uh, when you have a variety of people that are able to compete, not only do you get your good people and then your new people, you get those new people that don't have that experience to be able to experience it in person versus trying to watch it over a live stream. And yeah. that's, uh, that feeling, it, it, that's what got me into piloting and wanting to do more is being able to compete around other other good people and other better people. Yeah, and that's what hooks people in, and that's what really gets them the bug is, you know, because doing the actual lifting, I mean, it is great, but lifting for the platform with other your you know, other peers who, who work for that, that's, you know, that's what got me hooked. And the idea of being able to, you know, lift with higher level lifters, like that's only going to elevate you. Uh, I feel like whenever I get, have a chance to go somewhere and lift at a gym I haven't been to with, you know, people who are stronger than me, I, you know, I always leave better than when I, when I went in just by being around them, you know? And so it'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be cool to have like a boss of bosses caliber, but it's open. Um, would you ever think about doing like maybe like one day is like an open and then like the second day is, is like the invite day. Yeah, it could be a possibility, uh, but we have to have uh, a pretty flawless meet, you know, get some get some good standing going, uh, and make it a, a really good hit to, to be able to get to that here. So uh, I would love for it to be on that level, but we got to start uh, one foot in front of the other here first and make sure we have a really good meet and, uh, you know, get the word out about how, uh, how good it is and uh, the way it's ran. It's really important we make sure the meets ran really well, uh, things are on point and the lifters are basically taken care of. Yeah, it sounds like it will. I mean, I like it. Just sounds more streamlined. Just again, just the categories and just having like one division, and you know, and it's allowing the lifters to have the option mono or walkout. Like all that, just make it run easy. 
So, and I think lifters like that. Like, the smoother the meat is run, the more people, and, like, the better the energy, like, that's usually the meat people want to go to, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, and then you're gearing up for, you are gearing up for Boss of Bosses this year, yeah? Right? Yeah, that's that's correct. Awesome. And when, when is that this year? I, I always forget. August 31st is, is, a, is a day for the pro day. Nice. And then when is when is your, your the Rob Hall Classic going to go down? Rob Hall Classic is November 16th. Okay. So you have a couple couple months after your meet. Nice. Yeah, strategically planned the date for that. So in case somebody was able to do balls and bosses or the tribute, they had enough time to get ready for my meet as well. So there's nothing really around that. Yeah. Uh, that date. So uh, pick that one. So that way, if anybody was doing balls and bosses or tribute, they had time to get ready to do my meet as well. Uh, because I want to try to get as many people as possible. So a lot of the times people miss me because they're too close together. Yeah. Uh, so I figured this one would be a good date for to be able to do that. Well, that'll be awesome. I'd I'd really I'd really like to come and I, I've been wanting an excuse to come to Austin because I, I have friends in Austin and I've yet to come and visit the city. And obviously, Big Tech is a well-known gym, so uh, give me I want an excuse to come <laughs> come out there and watch. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be a, it definitely a good excuse to come out there for that. Uh, I was trying to get uh, as many uh, people sponsor or, or vendors there uh, as possible. So the more the, the more the merrier. Uh, the main reason for it is to give back to the lifters here. Uh, so trying to get some some packages together, uh, some goodie bags and stuff like that. Uh, having some vendors there. So uh, one of the things that Boston Bosses does have is a little athletes table uh, where they able to get like supplements and stuff that. Uh, so the animal helps out with that. So I'm looking to get that done here because I think that's a little cool little thing to add uh, to the experience as well because you don't normally get stuff like that uh, at a regular Yeah, no, most definitely. And then um, have you? are you guys going to think about maybe like trying to, you know, obviously like stream it like the other, like Boss of Bosses does? Yeah, so uh, that's the stream's on the table uh, here. Hopefully uh, we get everything squared away. Uh, we've got plenty of time to work with, work with stuff and get that get that going but uh stream should be able to uh be live and ready to go by then nice well hey if if you need like a like someone to man that live stream or have like a live stream like announcer or something like that you, you hit me up again just give me a give me a reason i'll be like up oh, it's work related i'll, I'll write that shit off <laughs> yeah so definitely uh Is it the one? Uh, it's not, not the one at not the one in San Diego. It's the one in her home, right? Uh, no, they're switching it to the one in San Diego. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it was one of hers, but now it's they're switching to San Diego uh, for that. But uh, the eight man, eight man open, I believe it's called, right? That's right. Yep, the eight man at yeah, California, California Elite at San Diego. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah. a which is a really cool gym. Uh, I've, I've trained there, and it's great. It's a really nice place. Um, Awesome, man. Well, I look, I really do. I look forward to seeing, you know, seeing how yours comes up because I think it really sounds like a really streamlined like format. And I know the WRPF is known for having really good judges and you know taking care of the lifters. Um, you know, at least 
I had uh, my friends who have been in it. So that'll be cool to see. And then obviously, I'm looking forward to see your comeback at Boss of Bosses. So that's going to be exciting to watch also. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so kind of uh, going forward, I would like uh, kind of uh, Rob Hall's advice for kind of beginning lifters. Because um, that is kind of the premise of the show is, you know, talking to high-level athletes and kind of getting their their input of how someone beginning, you know, kind of that middle, that middle range from getting from where you start to actually advancing, you know, uh, what are some of the things that helped you when you started? I know you're, you're, you know, kind of big guy, naturally strong, but everybody starts somewhere. Uh, what are some of the things that you, you know, really stood out to you that you would like, that you like to give people who start? Uh, a main thing would be to uh, research your sport. Uh, a lot of people are just trying to want to jump into it, don't know anything about how anything really works. Uh, but I spent uh, a few weeks basically learning how the, the sport works, uh, mainly I'm just trying to pick attempts. That's a big one. Uh, but you don't want to overthink everything, uh, but you want to get a somewhat of a skeleton idea uh, of what you're going to expect to go into a meet. And one of the things is, is trying to pick your attempts. So a lot of people don't know their maxes. And uh, it's kind of hard to kind of guess what they'll be at at a meet, but you want to have some kind of a plan. So I had a notebook that I carried with me that I wrote my my attempts into, but I also wrote down uh, my alternative attempts if it was like uh, too heavy or if the attempt was too heavy uh, or if it was too easy. I could go uh, different attempts on, on the scale for that. Uh, and that, but that's just me. I'm a little bit more methodical in regards to that. But uh, you want to know uh, what flight you're in, so that we have plenty of time to warm up. You know how long it takes you to warm up and how many warm sets you want to do. Which, uh, again, I had a notebook and I'd write these things down before I would get to the meet. Maybe about a week and a half uh, before the meet would be there, I would start thinking about attempts. I would get. Uh, my warm-up sets, and then uh, once I would get there, I would uh, see how many people are in the flight before me, and would start uh, thinking about how to warm up based on how many people were in those flights before I would go. So that was a, a big deal that helped, uh, that for me, I felt was how I excelled a little bit more than some other people, uh, was just basically just researching uh, part of the sport. A lot of things here, too, uh, for beginners is, is one to cut weight to make a certain weight class. Now, I watched a couple friends do that for my first meet, that we were all together, and uh, a couple of them cut weight. I didn't, of course. I decided to stay into uh, my weight category, which at the time was USAPL, and uh, they had 264 and then super heavyweight, and I weighed 290, so there's no way I was dropping yeah. uh, 30 pounds just for that. So I was like, oh, no, I'm staying here. So Yeah. Uh, trying to cut weight before meat uh, is not really uh, the best thing or the more optimal thing to be strong. You want to be strong. You want to feel strong. Your whole training's been at a certain weight. I don't see it important trying to cut weight and drop weight before uh, before meat and changing everything. They're trying to rebuild it back up, especially for a two-hour weigh-in. Uh, I don't think it's very smart. But aside from that, uh, just trying to go into the meat however you feel comfortable. In your, in your weight, and then also having whatever you can snack on or stomach for the day, but not eating too much. Uh, my second meet, 
Uh, I thought I was going to be really smart and like strategically place certain meals and stuff between the breaks that you have. Uh, but meats aren't always very linear. Things happen. Uh, and I remember I ate way too much before my uh, before my deadlift started, and I was so miserable. Like I had to take my belt off on my second attempt because I couldn't <laughs> lock out my deadlifts. <laughs> it was rough. Going um, beltless. It's going to use the bloat. Yeah, basically. I've had to do that a couple times, and uh, uh, you just got to want to be kind of like strategic when you do stuff. It's, uh, it's not a very uh, smart sport. You don't have to like think way too much. You just have to do uh, these three lifts. You know, it's not too much thinking into it. It's not like playing chess or anything. But uh, at the same time, it kind of is because you want to strategically place uh, put yourself in good uh, position to be able to have uh, the best attempt possible. You know, warm up correctly, get stretched out properly, uh, pick the right numbers. And some people, uh, they're not very honest with themselves, and they'll uh, do their attempt, and then they'll do way more than they think they, they actually could. And I don't know why, if it's just ego or whatever it is, but you got to be honest with yourself, too. If your attempt was going up and it was a super grind, you're not going to be able to throw on 20, 30 more pounds. So five pounds is still five pounds more than you did. You just got to be smart about taking the right attempts. Yeah, I, I think I think ego gets uh, gets in a lot of people's way. And, and like you said, five pounds is still five pounds, but people still, like, you know, you want to be able to say, like, oh, I got... 10 or 20 pounds you know on my on my third saying oh i got five more pounds i think people initially get kind of like oh kind of bummed out you know but um but it's part of the sport and i think it's something that you learn eventually so (laughs) yeah it's uh it's uh, a lot of people are just they get so wrapped up in trying to pick uh, certain numbers, but you know, it's you you, you got to base off you being strong that day. So in a perfect condition, yes, you know, picking certain numbers would definitely work. But uh, sometimes you can't get into a meet with the perfect condition, so you got to make adjustments. And for me, I always have those secondary attempts and stuff like that. And uh, my main goal is the total. So uh, if I don't, if I miss a meet. Well, I mean, if I miss an attempt at a meet, then uh, I have a, a backup plan to hit uh, a certain number somewhere else, and I'll strive for that. But uh, the end goal is to make sure I get at least the minimum amount that I'm looking for in my total, uh, and also having a uh, the the first the first uh, goal is to have a maximum attempt uh, total. So I have a, a variety. of uh, attempts that I'll have uh, in my head with the main main attempts, but I also have a plan B because everybody always just trying to go into, oh yeah, I only got a plan A because I, that's the only plan I'm going to stick to. Well, I've got a plan B and a plan C. So yeah. just in case plan A, something happens, say I, like, I, I get hurt, uh, which has happened. Yeah. Uh, like my last meet, I ended up uh, uh, pulling my groin uh, on a 854 squat. Oh, the me was like, um, started off bad for me, but I did it, nailed it. Uh, bench wasn't going well, had to adjust that since off that, based off that adjustment, I had to adjust uh, my deadlift, but I ended up with uh, a PR on my total, and that was that was a goal, at least having a PR on a total for sure, which was the minimum amount 
I was looking for. Yeah, and I I think that's one thing people forget. Like like you said, the total is what counts. Like I mean, Wilkes is cool. That's a way to like measure against other people, but it, it's building your total as a lifter. And like that's always the end goal. You get stronger. You build your total, uh, and that's the goal. Yeah, so uh, for me, the bigger my total, the bigger my Wilkes gets. So I don't understand some people sometimes. They just, I'm going for a bigger Wilkes, but then they'll like lose weight. Oh, yeah, my Wilkes is bigger, but your total also breaks Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's like, how that's yeah, it's like you, you know, you could, you probably pull like 60 more pounds on, you know, on your deadlift, but you cut weight and now you're pulling less, but just to get the bigger, the bigger Wilkes instead of trying to break your last PR, which never. You know, yeah, I, don't get it. <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, I think it's again, it's just you're trying, they're just trying to again play that that play that Wilkes game instead of the total game. But which is why I like what you said about your me, where it's like, you know, we want biggest total Wilkes out, like Wilkes excluded. You do it how you want, walk it out, stay in the mono, wrap sleeves, you know, just come and put up the numbers, and that's awesome. Um. Yeah, it's great because if uh, if somebody in sleeves, you know, uh, out total somebody in wraps, you know, they're going to win their money. Yeah. So, so <laughs> like you're safe just because you did wraps or you, you, you stayed in a mono or anything like that. If someone has the cojones to, to come in there with sleeves and then out total you in that, then they're getting the money. They get, yeah, the yeah, because that's I mean, at the end of the day, it's what it's about. It's just who put who put up the numbers and and who does who does the damn thing. Um, I would like to circle back to warm-ups, and that's actually something I haven't got to – I've wanted to, but I haven't got to talk about. But, you you know, you said it a few times. One thing I learned when I started seriously trying to compete is I learned the importance of warm-ups, like, just in my workouts. Like, you know, you know how important they are to work up for your top sets. And then, of course, in the meet, how important they are to warm, you know, warm up to your attempts – what what are uh, warm ups usually look like for you? Um, like training versus meet day. Obviously, meet day you have you know your flights and you have to time it out. But just in terms of like how you pick your uh, your build up and such, and like how many reps you do for your warm ups. Say for like squats. Uh, so so warm ups are are not an exact science, and they're uh, based on individual differences. And uh, everyone's warm ups going to be different than somebody else's warm ups. So, uh, for me, uh, I start off with the bar, uh, except for off deadlifts, I don't start off with the bar on deadlifts, but uh, everything else, I start off with the bar, uh, I get about 10 good reps in here, and then I start adding a plate uh, piece each set, and I, I normally jump up 90 pounds every set. Uh, some people go 50. Uh, I jump up 90 pounds every set, all the time. I always have uh, been doing that for years, that's just how I do it. You know, it's not going to be something that everybody else does. But uh, also a good thing with warm-ups is getting those repetitions in. Uh, that's also something that uh, some people miss. And adding in additional warm-ups where you do like a plate, a quarter, a plate, a quarter, will also get you more repetitions and muscle memory of doing that specific lift. I'm, just, uh, I'm at the point where, I mean, at least back where I was lifting uh, normally in bodybuilding, I just jumped up normally 90 pounds every set based on uh, how I was from football and how I trained that way. Uh, I was always 90 pounds every set. So I get to my first set. Uh, uh, we're going uh, somewhere around five reps or so. Uh, but the, also the idea is to make your warm-ups not tire you out. 
Uh, I don't want to be super tired by the time I get to my top set. I also try to try to uh, treat them like I do it a meet. So it's going to be fairly quick until uh, I get towards one of the top sets. So I go from about like uh, between uh, one to two minute rest time to uh, around five minute rest time until I get to my main set, which is around maybe seven, eight minutes. Uh, because in a meet wise, you have at least at least 10 people most of the time in your flight. So after your attempt, you have at least uh, between seven, eight minutes, maybe, depending on how the spotters are going to go before your next attempt. So I try to practice that on my training. Uh, so when I get up closer to uh, three plates, uh, more go like three reps, four plates goes to one or two, uh, five plates goes to one rep, six plates, one rep, uh, seven plates, one rep, you know, until I get to my, to my top set, whichever it is. If it's like a three by three, then, you know, I, I'm still doing – uh, a warm up, warm up rep, rep of one. Uh, when I get closer to the end, now there's no point in tying myself out and doing more reps that way. I uh, don't just save my energy for uh, for my top set. And then uh, once I get there, it's it's all balls out. Uh, put everything I have into it, uh, all energy I have. Uh, there's no point trying to hold a, hold all your energy in for for your top set when you're there. Just to say you had a little extra in the tank or whatever. That's stupid. Uh, so after you get done with the top set, you go back down to uh, your accessories. And usually for me, that's uh, uh, a secondary compound movement, uh, like speed squats or speed bench, speed deadlifts, something like that. Uh, so after I get done expending my injury that way, I go into those sets, and those are usually quicker, uh, whether they're like about a minute to two minute rest. I knock those out. And that basically gets you set up. Uh, once you get past the top set, everything else should be a lot faster. Uh, that's how you up your intensity. So you get your warm-ups kind of build up, you get your top set, and then you keep that same energy throughout the rest of your workout, and everything is supposed to fly by after that. That's yeah. how you, uh, to my opinion, get stronger a lot quicker. Yeah. I think that's where people fall off is they, they, they you know hit their top set and then they kind of just kind of float through their accessories. Uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the worst part is seeing someone do that and then slack off their accessories. So you want to knock your top set out and then attack your accessories with the same intensity, so uh, or even more intensity because that's the part that help you grow. Main starts going to get you your movement, but all your accessories are going to help you build up your weak points for that main movement. Yeah, I think that, yeah, and that's a really good point. I mean, I think, you know, when you're starting out, you know, we've all been guilty of it, but then as you get more into it, you start to learn, like, like you said, I, I like how you put that, that, you know, you knock out your top sets and then you attack your accessories and kind of carry that momentum. Um, I know you, you, you know, when you coach, you coach with, um, with jailhouse strong, I believe what I see, uh, what's, what's kind of like a programming look like, you know, for, for, you know, either is it different from your set, your own programming or when you're programming for your clients, which obviously usually individual, but it's a, you know, like a basic breakdown for people who don't know what's, what kind of, how does your programming maybe differ from, like a uh, basic like five three one or or like fi or five by five type. Uh, so my program I get from J uh, Josh Bryan, Joe Strong, is nothing like how I train my clients. Uh, everybody has their own styles, and uh, I don't feel it's uh, morally ethical to copy your coach's programming and then give it to your clients. 
which some people do. Uh, I have my own style of way of coaching people. Uh, I'm not the greatest coach, but I'm pretty good. I coach myself uh, in powerlifting and stuff like that. I've, I've been coaching other people, uh, been training other people as a personal trainer uh, for years. And then I got into coaching powerlifting a year after I'd already coached myself in powerlifting. So it's not like I was just like, oh, I'm good at it. I got a coach who made me who made me better, and all of a sudden I started coaching people. Uh, I did my own program. I did my own training. I did uh, my own trial and error on coaching program. I've still been uh, progressing my own training programs over the years because that's the way you you get better is you keep progressing uh, the way you do things and the way you provide your programming for people. That's how you help other people get better. So. Typical stuff for uh, for my coaching or for uh, my training that uh, my coach provides for me. Uh, I have a four day split. Uh, it's usually bench press, squats, uh, deadlifts. Uh, at some points, I had overhead. Uh, usually, that's off season stuff. I have overhead press when it gets closer into knee prep stuff. I take overhead pressing out, uh, just mainly saving the shoulder wise. Uh, but normally, uh, depending on, uh, on where I was at each year, I've had different off-seasons that have worked on different things. Uh, a lot of stuff is building up uh, my conditioning uh, to be able to handle bigger work capacity, uh, be able to get stronger. So a lot of stuff, uh, uh, concepts are, are the same between my coaching and my training. Um, building up reconditioning work, so like sled drags, sled pushes, farmer's carries, stuff like that, that'll help with uh, your carryover and getting getting stronger. So I'll have that with people that I also do, do in mind. Uh, anything that I provide as far as my training to clients, I've already tried it myself, but I've already been through it. So it's not like I'm trying to give somebody something that I don't think that they can do or something I've never done, done myself. I've also, I've also been through it. So a lot of the stuff, uh, kind of the same concepts. Uh, I have your regular, your regular uh, compound lift and then uh, some accessory that's also based off of your compound lift. Uh, that could be pause squats, pause deadlifts, uh, block pulls, uh, pin squats, uh, isometric pin presses, uh, close grip bench, uh, stuff like that. So I have a uh, main compound move and a secondary compound move, and then I go into my accessories, which depending on where I'm at in my training, those are always uh, kind of cycle around and change a little bit different. Depending on if I have any injuries I need to work around or uh, some specific weak points that have become uh, more apparent after getting stronger. So for my clients that I, I train personally, uh, same concept. Uh, most of them get based off of a, uh, uh, a base training style. So that way I can kind of see how they, uh, see how they work, how their feedback is, what's, uh, what kind of willingness they're, they're willing to put into the programming, uh, and how honest they are, because a lot of people aren't very honest when they do their programming. Like, uh, it's very <laughs> nerve wracking when someone tells you that, uh, it, it went a certain way, but then you get a video uh, review of them and stuff like that. It's like, well, this looked like it was about to kill you, so you're lying. Yeah. And I don't appreciate it. Like, that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it moved, moved fine, RP7, RP6, and then it looks like a grinder. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, my God, okay. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, to 
depending on who it is and depending on when, I've, uh, how long I've had them, uh, I start off, I baby them a little bit until I can understand where they're at. So we get on the same wavelength. And then uh, for the most part, uh, I work with uh, more novice to intermediate people. And uh, a lot of times for them, they don't, uh, they underwork themselves. They don't get enough work. So I usually get a lot of work uh, that comes in the form of accessories. Uh, so uh, building up a good solid foundation uh, for people that uh, have never got into bodybuilding or training specifically, they'll get more accessories than somebody who's been uh, somewhere around uh, bodybuilding or or trained that way because um, weak points are, are more are more glaring to somebody who only did powerlifting versus somebody who did bodybuilding stuff first then powerlifting. Because a lot of the point, I make this point here. Uh, your hamstrings, rear delts, back stuff, uh, any any basically any muscle that you can't see are the muscles that people don't work. So a lot of times when people jump into powerlifting without having that bodybuilding background, they've neglected most of these muscles because one, they just never see them in the, in the mirror, and two, those aren't the muscles that you get to see on the beach, and three, they just they just don't know even what those muscles are. So a lot of times you want to help them build up those uh, those posterior muscles. So. Uh, rear delts is a, is, a, is a main one that's going to be used for pretty much all your lifts and your upper back so a lot of the time uh, a lot of the time so uh, the days I'll program uh, whatever they're doing for their compound stuff they'll also get a lot of back work too uh, that's going to help with uh, getting stability for all their lifts so a lot of my programming usually deals with uh, a lot of back training which I think uh, that benefits anybody from novice to to advanced um, the more back work the better uh, so that's what you can see mostly in, in my my training for people as well so depending on your your skill level now uh, you definitely get hammered down with a lot of accessories and you'll thank me for it later it might suck but you'll thank for it later oh hell yeah and I, and I agree with the back that's been one of my goals and uh, i think you made a good point the way you said it that if you can't see them it's usually neglected it's you know, building your upper back and those rear delts, which has been something I've been trying to work on, just trying to get more posterior stability. And and it's one thing is like when I, I learned that the tight the tighter and stronger I get with my lats and my back, you know, the better force transfer for the squats, you know, the better uh, baseboard you have to bench with, and then the better you know lever you have for your deadlifts. So the bigger the back, you know, then the bigger the lifts, um, just as a whole. And I know that's been something, I mean, I think most of the normal person, like you said, like you, you have them try to know like where their lats are or to even, you know, try to engage them and they can't, it takes a while for them to really learn that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, my training for the people that I have, um, if they're not advanced in their, in their physique wise, they don't know how to flex them. Like certain muscle groups, it's hard to project certain cues to people, especially remotely when you're doing online training, if they don't know how to flex certain muscles. In order for them to get to do that, you have to put them through exercises that's going to make them flex that muscle and help them work on that progress of that accessory, which will in turn help them progress on their compound lift because, hey, you need to flex your lats or you need to, to, to squeeze your triceps or you need to, to squeeze your glutes. Or, uh, certain cues are not going to work here if they don't know how to work those muscles. 
Yeah, definitely. And especially like one of the biggest cues that I've been working on um, that is back related is is to is uh, pushing my shoulders back into the bar coming out of the hole of my squat. Um, you know, I've had a, a weaker upper back for a long time because I'm so tall, lanky guy, and it's slowly getting better. But you know, something like that where trying to you know get your back engaged in the upward part of the squat, not just you know using your lower body. And then getting bent over. And if you don't have your upper back to do that, you're going to, then you get bent over and it sucks. Yeah, it definitely does. So uh, a lot of that here is also going to be uh, starting in the right position, getting in the right, uh, the right position on the bar uh, before you begin. So that way, if something like that happens, you're, you're more inclined to finish a lift better than if you start off in a compromised position and then trying to muscle your way to do it. Yeah, definitely. And when, you know, what's, what's one of your favorite, I mean, of course, there's always a different, you know, a different reason for it, but what's one of your favorite, like, go-to, um, you know, back builder, you know, accessories that you give people, like, just kind of a good staple classic? Neutral uh, grip pull-ups. Okay, nice. Pull-ups. Uh, that's something I've always done is pull-ups. Uh, I've only recently just had a break from them for the past like five years, but uh, neutral grip pull-ups I feel is one of the best underrated uh, back developers that's out there, and that works for uh, all the lifts. So all my clients will get neutral grip pull-ups, and if they can't do pull-ups, they'll get abandoned neutral grip pull-ups, but they're always going to have neutral grip pull-ups in the program. <laughs> No, that's good. That's that's I. Uh, it's also it's also a personal favorite, but it's one haven't one I haven't heard yet. Um, so so that's I think that's a good one people can take with. Um, what's one? Th- what's maybe not maybe not one thing, but maybe a couple things that you would like to see. You know, new lifters who are getting into the sport, or more you know intermediate you know lifters that are you know getting more seasoned that you would like to start seeing them doing just in the sport and in their training. Um, you know, just if you were going to look at, you know, beginners and then, like I said, the intermediate ones, what what would you like to see them start doing? Any, uh, any, whether it's training or it's competing or whatever it is, just, you know, coming from your perspective at, at your level, what would you like to see the kind of the up, the new, the new guys bring in? Uh, the only thing that comes to mind when you say that is to stop imitating people that are on an expert level or on an advanced level. Uh, a lot of people come in trying to imitate some other people uh, that don't fit their body type style uh, for one. So you have your, your main your main people out there, your strong people. Of course, I get it. You want to have your, want to be like your role model. You want to train like them. I get that. But there's certain body types uh, in, in powerlifting. You got to learn what your body type is and then take a look at the, the lifters that maybe resemble your body type and then try to uh, learn what they're doing, get a little idea of what they're doing, but also make your own uh, type of style because imitating somebody else's thing isn't going to work for everybody, mainly because that person's weak points and weaknesses are not going to be yours. So you need to know what your weak points are and be able to develop those and attack them. But a lot of the people that come in to the sport are either trying to imitate something that they've seen and they just don't uh, put in the time to recognize where the weak points are because they want to go for the big lifts and they're more interested in getting the recognition and attention 
on social media versus actually getting stronger and better and putting it all on a platform versus just doing your training. So to, to, for me, um, what I like to see more of is people putting up in a meet versus trying to showboat and talk so much during the training. Now, they're going to have times and uh, some outliers of people that uh, will get into a head-to-head competition and, and trash talk each other, which to me is perfectly fine going into a meet. But if you're somebody who doesn't even compete regularly or hasn't even done a meet, uh, I don't think you should be saying that you're, uh, you know, you're a powder or uh, you're uh, going to do these certain things if you've never actually proven it all on the platform in the first place. A lot of people try to make big promises and then they don't deliver. And then you get that day after me, well, the meet didn't go as I planned. Yeah. Kind of thing. Was the, 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 the infamous Instagram words, wasn't the day that I wanted. Wasn't the day that I wanted. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I hate saying it wasn't the day I wanted. Uh, I've had one of those where it wasn't the day I wanted, but uh, I had tons of shit that was going on. So at the end of the deal, uh, I was like, damn, I had the worst meet I've ever had, but also just had the best meet I ever had on the worst conditions possible for me. So my silver lining was I had a PR on my total. I had a PR on my squat, uh, a PR on my total. Like So I had the best meet I've ever had. It wasn't the conditions I was looking for. Uh, but again, uh, it's not a linear thing when you get into a meet and you got to make do with what you got. So with what I had, uh, I had a PR on my squat and PR on my total. And that was fucking great. Yeah. So if I had great conditions, you know, I could have had a lot more. But uh, on the worst conditions, I had a lot more than most most people will ever get. So <laughs> my silver lining was I had a PR on my total and a PR on my squad. Yeah, and and again, it's it, yeah, it's it's about your total at the end of the day. It's about your total, you know. And so, like uh, that meet I had, uh, I was the, I, the original idea. I don't think I've ever actually explained this to anybody uh, since that meet. Uh, but my original idea had my openers pretty much opening about at around twenty two hundred pounds. So uh, the end goal was to be around twenty four hundred pounds. That meet, but since I didn't have my perfect conditions like I was wanting to, uh, I ended up with a twenty two thirty seven total, which is still. Uh, a very, very high and very top rate total in the weight class. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so I had to make some adjustments, but it's still, it's still a big, a big deal. And that was, you know, the case that I wanted to have, you know, a big total still. Yeah, yeah, which you know, which you know, you do, which is, you know, which is great. But and it's, but it's like you said earlier. It's like, uh, and I've heard. You know, from you know, from my other you know lifter friends who've been competing for many years, you know, it's like even if it's a five pound PR on your total on the platform, it you know whether it's five pounds or it's fifty pounds, it's it's still an addition to your total. Yeah, so it was a it was eleven pound PR for me on my total, which wasn't the greatest. You know, it was like it's like damn, all that work I got eleven pounds, but at the same time. Uh, it's 11 more pounds than I had, and then also my squad was uh, 832 to 854, so big PR on the squad. I said I got hurt. I was actually going to go for a third attempt, uh, but after that attempt, I went to go sit down, 
uh, went to try to get back up, but like I, it was so hard for me to get back up because uh, like uh, I felt like I, I, I tore something. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, okay, look, I'm just gonna call my third. Yeah. So my third, I was gonna go for uh, uh, eight seventy one, I believe. I'm pretty sure I would have gotten it. I definitely would. Pretty sure I would have gotten it. But the way uh, the way my legs felt, it just was not uh, comfortable at all. Yeah. And I just was like, you know what? I'm just gonna call it here, save it for myself. I need to get my total, uh, and not actually get hurt this week. So. Yeah. Uh, that was the plan. Stuck to the plan. Stuck to the plan, and and but it's, and it still worked out. And that's the thing is that, like you said, it, it it's what it's what's best for the total. And I think sometimes. You know, I, I see a lot of lifters, you know, they kind of, they neglect, like, you know, they neglect their bench because, you know, bench is sucky for a lot of us, um, you know, or they, they kind of sandbag a lot of those and like, okay, got through those and I'm just here for the deadlift. It's like, okay, I mean, that's great. Deadlift is fun, but it again, you got to add to your whole total. It's about all three of the lifts together. Like, that's the whole point of the sport is you, you, you put on your best in the three hardest, you know, compound movements sequentially. Yeah, it seems like good. Uh, I, had a, I had a plan B. You know, my plan A was to put up this super huge total. Plan B, uh, I had to put into effect. Still had to put up a big total. Like, most people, I'm not saying most, but some people, they say some people. Some people will get in a situation, uh, they wouldn't even show up to me the way, the way my day started. It started off bad uh, when I got there in Louisiana the, uh, right before weigh-ins. It, it already started bad during weigh-ins. It was just the miserable. Uh, I've, I've talked to uh, Ben Pollock about this. So he had an interview with me uh, after that meeting and being able to uh, still be able to uh, PR and even on the worst conditions uh, still put up a big total. Uh, it's out there somewhere, but yeah, you know the uh, the deal was like I I some regular people wouldn't have, have even competed or even like tried to uh, finish the meet. I, I got there I got there late um, just the way uh, traffic was. So I had uh, uh, my flight had already started. Uh, my flight had already started warming up. So uh, I had got in maybe three. Three or four warm ups, and then I had to take 854 or 8, uh, 820 uh, on my opener. Oh, fuck. Right there. So oh, fuck I, got, uh, I got one warm up in wraps, and then had to go go to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, it was terrible. But, hey, man. So I, I, I just didn't, I didn't have, I don't have any quit in me, so uh, it's no point. I made it all the way out there. I had to finish, just had to see it through. Uh, uh, I did everything I could. Uh, ended up with a big PR on, on the squat, so uh, I could have skipped the meet, cried about it, didn't. Showed up, put out, and you know, uh, ended up having a big PR on the total, so it was a you know, big deal. Yeah, and then from then on, every meet you do from here on out will be uh, not not that bad, because <laughs> so, that was the worst, probably. <laughs> that was my worst meet I've ever had. Uh, every minute I've, every minute I've done so far has been really good, pretty good experience. That was just the worst meet I've ever had. But again, biggest total I've ever had uh, on the worst conditions possible. So I know that's not that's more of like a rare thing for me out of the what eight eight meets I've had, like yeah. eight meets or so, eight or nine that I've had one. 
bad meat that I had a really good pull in. So <laughs> I thought, continue on this progress and have another good prep for another good meat, another good meat. I'm going to have another uh, a big big PR on my total. Yeah. It's a key progress. Yep. And, and, and again, we've said it kind of, I think that's been the nice little motif through the show is it's, it's just about, it's about the total. It's about getting a bigger total and getting stronger. That's literally the basis of the sport, you know? So, which is awesome. Um, all right, man. Well, I, I, again, I really appreciate you coming on the show and taking the time. It's, it's been really cool and I don't want to take you away from the family any longer. Um, but if you would, I'd love, you know, plug anyone you'd like to plug. I know you, you know, you have your sponsors and of course your meat and, um, and, uh, yeah, go, go, go right ahead for it. Yeah, man. So, uh, uh, I do want to give a big thanks for you having me, uh, of course, and, uh, being able to share, uh, this here for, for everybody. Uh, one of those, one of the people I want to thank, uh, or shout out to, uh, my sponsors wise, Animal Pack, uh, Josh Bryan, Jailhouse Strong, uh, Death Before Dishonor. Uh, Skull Smash Ammonia, Raw Grip Shock, uh, Life Balance CBD, uh, Sink Shot. Those are the people I'm rocking with here now. Uh, big thanks to uh, Big Text for also giving me a place to, to train here uh, throughout my past uh, four years. Where he's here in, in Proud Day. And, uh, um, and my family for helping me keep everything together. And keep me solid and grounded. So big shout out to uh, to Sophie uh, and Ronan uh, for that as well. So uh, yeah, that's really pretty much it, man. I appreciate you having me. I really appreciate you coming on, man. I know it's you know taking time out of your day, you know taking time out of your free time, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's really kind of you, and uh, I really appreciate it. And hopefully, I'd love to come out to Big Tex and uh, and you know whether it's for your me to come and watch or uh, if I just get out there for fun. Would love to to go, you know, go move around some iron and hopefully run into you. Yeah, man. Let me know when you're coming out. Uh, depending on where, where my work schedule is at, man. Let me know. Uh, we can figure out maybe on a day that I'm off. Head up there. Well, I don't mind. Uh, I can head over there. Yeah. Real quick. I live about an hour away from Big Tex, and I, I work uh, up in Austin as well, so I, I live about an hour away. So you just let me know. I'll make it over there. Hey, man. I, I definitely will. And by the way, the fact that your son's name is Ronan is. Fucking rad, by the way. That's yeah, awesome. So, uh, if anybody is wondering where that came from, uh, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy, and Ronan the Accuser is one of the bad guys. Yes, he is. <laughs> so, in my list of names, I put Ronan in my list of names uh, to be approved before he was born. Uh, so, I had a few, uh, and Ronan was the best choice. It's 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 one of my it's one of my favorite names, but hey, in the comics, Ronan was not a bad guy. He was more like that neutral chaos. So, you know, just in the movie, yeah, just just in the movie, in the comic, he's he is not he is awesome. He's awesome in the movie too, but in the comic, he's 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 a badass. Uh, yeah, my son loves the movie, and then uh, you go see uh, Captain Marvel. We took him to go see that, and uh, he pops up on the screen again. So, and you tell him, "Hey, Ronan, that's Ronan." He gets all super excited, knowing that uh, that's basically him on the screen. So, oh, hell. Uh, I think it's super cool when he watched it. He, I told him, "Hey, that's Ronan right there." He looks and goes, "Oh, that's he's Ronan!" Like, he's like, "Hell, hell, hell yes, hell yes, it is." <laughs> It's awesome. I, in you, I don't know if you if you ever watch is an old anime, uh, and it's just, it literally was just called the Ronin Warriors. Uh, I, I've heard of that. 
I've heard of it. All right, it, it's a good classic anime. It came out around the same time as Fist of the North Star, so you know it's a little bit older. But yeah, it's called Ronin Warriors, and it's a it's a really great show. I think he would probably, I think you guys would enjoy it. Plus, that's what that's who they are. They're the Ronin, so I think he he get a kick out of that. Did they make that to a video game? Did they make that to a video game? You know, I, I think they did at some point, like in the, one of the old like PlayStation One or PlayStation Two consoles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I played that game at some point in my life. Yeah, something that was like that. Yeah, yeah. They they did adapt it into into a, I think it was a PlayStation One. Honestly, first generation PlayStation game. Um, Jeez, old. <laughs> same. I think you're you're old. I think you're you're thirty, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I'm 29. I'm gonna be 30 in January. So we're about the same age. <laughs> what day? What day in January? January 9th. Oh, January 18th. Oh no way! That's a <laughs> nice. Nine days later. So. Yeah, my son was born on the 18th too, but in June. Oh. Uh, that was uh yeah. Dude, that that's awesome. You that, you gotta come come out today. That, oh, dude. Hey, that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, nine, nine, and eighteen are my numbers. Cause that's that's always so. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we have more, even more in common. And uh, hey, man, and I appreciate you made that Baki shirt. I have that, by the way. And yeah, man, take a picture. Let me let me get it. I'll put it up. I'll put it up. I even put it on my side. Oh hell yeah! That was super cool. I watched that. Uh, came with this idea and I put on a shirt. Dude, I, I, I fucking love it. Well, dude, and, you know, and, and just like a quick little story. So I, I've been a, I've been rocking Baki since uh, 97, 98, because the original Baki came out in the the early 90s, and then it went away. They made a TV movie, and HBO used to show that TV mo- movie, which was in between season one and season two, and that got me to start doing karate. That was way back when. And then they came out with the second season like 12 years later. No one ever watched it. And then now, you know, Netflix picked up uh, this, the, the season three and people know it. And I'm like, you guys don't even know. I've been, I've been on that train <laughs> for the past 20 years. I watched a ton of anime. I watched a ton of anime and I had Yeah, buddy. <laughs> the old TV screen, yep. DVD, um, yep. and uh, started from season one and watched that thing. And man, it was so good. You get all like the backstory and everything. Dude, it, it's 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 so good. I've had I've saved I have that same DVD set and I have it on my computer. I have the TV movie and um, I've I've read actually all the manga. So because they they completed the manga like last year finally, and so. You know, I, I've been reading it since since then, and they finally completed it. So it's it's a great story uh, all yeah, around. It's, it's been getting so good. Like uh, I try not to read the manga too because I want to know because I like watching it. Yeah, I don't want to know. I've seen I've seen bits, bits and pieces of it. I'm like, no, 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 like, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's hard to see. I didn't think they were gonna make any more seasons. So after the second after the second season, I just I just read everything. And then of course now they're coming out with it again. And I'm like, oh, of course now. After I've already read it, like, fuck you guys. But but yeah, thanks again, man. And I definitely will. I'll take a I'll take a pic next time I'm uh, with the shirt. Next time I'm in the gym, I'll send it over to you. And uh, yeah, I appreciate everything. If there's anything I can do for the meet, like I said, I'd love to help out. 
any way that I can. Um, so if that if it comes up, you you hit me up, and I'll you know uh, I'll love to uh, I'll love to come out. Yeah, for sure, man. I'll, I'll definitely bring it up to the table, man. I appreciate it. Of course, of course, man. All right, well, I'll let you get back today with the fam, and uh, we'll keep in touch, man. And again, I really appreciate you. All right, brother. Have a good one. All right, you too. Bye bye. All right, as Mr. Willbreaker Savage, Rob Hall himself. So thank you, Rob, for coming on. Thank you guys for tuning in. Like he said, look out for the Rob Hall Classic in Austin, Texas, Big Tex Gym in November. And then looking out for uh, all the other great stuff that he has going on. Uh, shout outs to all his sponsors and our sponsors, Viking Performance Truck, Calvert Illustrations, The Johnny Horror Show on YouTube. Thank you guys. And uh, thank you guys for listening to the show. So we're going to keep it rolling. Uh, talked about some great things. So I hope you guys, you know, picked up on what he was putting down. You know, get stronger, build a bigger total, build your back, watch your warm ups, and train smart. You know, I think that's kind of the motif with all the lifters that we've had on the show. So again, Thank you guys for everything, and thank you for tuning in to the Nerds Who Lift podcast.